0: Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike. Thanks for joining me today. I'm here in my office with my Bible open to Matthew chapter 16, where it says, starting in verse 15, But what about you? He asked, Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, will have been loosed in heaven." Now we've been talking about spiritual authority and how the radius of God's kingdom expands like concentric circles based on how God has chosen to delegate spiritual authority. Those to whom God has delegated spiritual authority, He has also promised power and blessing to effectively pray and change the spiritual atmosphere in those places that are under their authority. But with authority also comes responsibility. God's express purpose in delegating authority is to provide leadership, protection, and blessing. We've already seen that God has delegated spiritual authority in the home and in the church. Now we're going to expand that perimeter again to a community, whether it be a village or a city, or perhaps a district or neighborhood within a city. Now this idea of city transformation may be new to some of you. So I want to start by taking a look at a city from a spiritual viewpoint. How do you evaluate the spiritual condition of a city? Jesus said that he will build his church and the gates of Hades would not prevail against it. Now, what are the gates of Hades? In biblical times, the city gates had a significant role in the cultural life of the city. The gate was far more than a point of protection. It was a combination of ad hoc courtroom, town hall, a place of public pronouncements, and prophetic declarations, the elders of the city, and sometimes even the king, would sit at the city gates and judge disputes, seal marriage contracts, and witness business agreements in a day before written contracts existed. Boaz, in the book of Ruth, it says, took ten men of the elders in the city and made arrangements for his marriage to Ruth at the city gates. In Hebron, Abraham arranged for the purchase of a cave for the burial of his wife Sarah at the city gate. The gate was a platform for prophets like Amos, who declared, hate evil and love good and establish justice in the gate. This idea of the elders, the church leaders, the pastors of a city, having spiritual authority over a city is a key understanding. It's important to realize that collectively, as a group, The pastors and leaders of a city have spiritual authority as representatives of the whole church of that area to pray effectively to change the spiritual atmosphere of their city or village or district. This is one of the crucial messages I deliver to pastors and leaders who gather for city transformation and prayer summits that we hold in places like India and Nepal. I share with them that God doesn't just view them as the pastors of their churches, but together. They are the pastors of their city, like the elders that sat at the gates. They are the gatekeepers. Most pastors only see their calling in terms of the responsibility they have to lead and care for their own congregation. What I want them to see, and what I believe God wants them to see, is that their role and responsibility encompasses so much more. The elders that sat at the city gate were men with authority to affect not just their church or synagogue in that case, but their whole city, through covenants and contracts, prophetic declarations, the enforcement of justice, and the upholding of a standard of righteousness and truth. When pastors and leaders understand this, then they begin to see the importance of praying in unity for their city. They realize that they are not just the pastors of their churches, but together they are the pastors of their city, and as such, have authority and a mantle of blessing that they can lay a hold of by faith to bring blessing upon their city. Proverbs 11.11 11 says, By the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. I've seen transformation take place in pockets of a city, like in a school, or in a business, or in a police department, or even in a church. Places where believers in those places have galvanized, fervent, focused, and unified prayer on behalf of the people and institutions where they have spiritual authority. But as for entire cities where transformation has taken place, like the example of Resistencia that I shared in the last episode, the one common denominator, without exception, is that in those places there is a unified group of pastors and leaders who have committed to praying together for one another and for their city a group of leaders who take aim at the gates of Hades by exercising their spiritual authority in the heavenly realms and mobilizing the church of the city to pray and intercede for the lost. Sadly, very few pastors understand this corporate mantle of spiritual authority and therefore don't see the value in taking the time to invest in a citywide pastor's fellowship that has as its aim the transformation of their city. In too many cities, demonic principalities and powers still rule at the city gates, when God's promise is that he will build his church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Controlling the gates of a conquered enemy was a symbol of having defeated that enemy, and the battle has already been won. But to prevail, we must engage. God promised to Abraham's offspring In Genesis chapter 22, verse 17, your offspring shall possess the gates of their enemies. As those who belong to Christ, we are Abraham's offspring. The Bible tells us this in Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, that we are Abraham's offspring and heirs according to the promise because we belong to Christ. So today, let us pray and declare What it says in Psalm 68, where it says, May God arise, may his enemies be scattered, may his foes flee before him. May you blow them away like smoke, as wax melts before the fire. May the wicked perish before God, but may the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful, sing to God, sing in praise of his name, extol him who rides on the clouds, rejoice before him. His name is the Lord. Let us now declare Christ's victory and authority over our lives, over our households, over our churches, over our city, and even to the very gates of Hades. For Ephesians chapter 3 says that God's intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.